G'day mate, welcome to episode 67 of the Exponential Performance Podcast. It's so good to have you here listening. In this episode, Nick sits down with Scott Wetherill. Now, after we did the episode, episode 61, where I sat down with Milan and we talked about mental health and endurance athletes, Scott reached out about the work that he does with Am I Hope? And him and Nick actually sat down for a little bit of a chat following that interview uh, and talked about a few things. Nick thought it would be a really good idea to get some of Scott's thoughts and some of the work that Scott's doing uh, around mental health awareness and that normalization of mental health and that conversation around it. It would be really good to get Scott to sit down and have an interview for the podcast about that work that he's doing. Scott raises awareness of mental health through the endurance events that he signs up and does. I worked with Scott uh, a few years ago now when he tackled the coast to coast for the first time and then Scott went on to complete a half Ironman and then Scott went on to complete a half Ironman and also an Ironman. So he's out there, he's doing it, he's got some great tips uh, and the work that he does with the I Am Hope Foundation is fantastic. So without further ado, here's Nick and Scott. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Exponential Performance Podcast. Join sports scientist and performance coach Maddie Graham to find out how to train smarter and maximize your performance no matter who you are. All right, folks, welcome along to the Exponential Performance Podcast this week. Uh, we are lucky enough to be joined by Scott Weatherall this week. Now, Scott was coached back in 2018 by Maddie for the Coast to Coast, and he actually reached out to us after episode 61, where Maddie talked to Milan um, and kind of got onto the topic of mental health and endurance athletes, uh, and him and I had sort of sat down and had a bit of a conversation that we thought might be worthwhile for, for others to hear, um, because Scott's got some pretty cool involvements in that kind of mental health area. So I just thought I would, A, welcome Scott along. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, thanks, Nick. No, it's awesome to catch up with you, man. And just start by, by diving into your background, I guess, in sport um, and what that entails, just so people get a, a picture of who you are. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, I'm not much of an athlete, to be honest. I, I wouldn't call myself an athlete, but uh, I've been pretty fortunate to do some pretty cool stuff in the last few years, you know. But um, growing up, I was always involved in surf lifesaving, and, and with my brother, we teamed up, and we did all right towards a national level, and... And then I got involved in shift work, really, and, and that kind of took me away from doing any sport or any rec- uh, regular exercise. And um, and that was a bit of a bugger, actually, but I didn't kind of realise that until later on. And then I got into mountain biking and started doing a few events, and then um, that led to kind of challenging myself more and more, uh, Mototapu, and then um, I had a crack at the Contact Epic in 2017, and and that kind of led to uh, where where I'm at right now, yeah, with um, doing some real cool stuff. Cool. So what would you class as your biggest achievement then sporting-wise so far? Oh, shivers. Um, it has to be the coast-to-coast, I think. You know, two-day coast-to-coast in 2018. Um, I think because I'd wanted to do it for 20 years and uh, since I was at high school, and um, and I never thought I could and um, I never had that internal belief, but also, yeah, I didn't think I was fit enough or strong enough or uh, had the right mindset. I, I guess I didn't, 
think I was anything near Steve Gurney, so therefore never could achieve it, let alone, you know, I was never ever going to win it, obviously, but to achieve it is, is something quite different, and to do that, that was, uh, I mean, that was a 20-year dream really come true, it was awesome. Mm, that's quite cool, and I think, if I think back to when I used to, to watch, you know, the likes of Steve Gurney, and, you know, you'd see it on the TV news each night, and it did look like it was just a race for professionals, that's right. And it's amazing how the coast especially has, has sort of transformed in the last, even in the last five to ten years and become so much more inclusive. And yep. the, I guess the, the influence of social media and people putting out their stories has been able to, I guess, open the door for, for people that had otherwise thought probably wasn't for them uh, to be yeah. able to get through. Yeah, that's right. And I think Richard Usher really kind of opened the door and kind of mm. permissionized people to, to come and give it a crack and, and kind of live your dream and and you, you can be a Kiwi and do the, the Kiwi thing, which is, you know, really kind of coast to coast, right? And um, and that's awesome, you know, just to kind of have that belief. And, and I mean, I did a coaching session with uh, Steve Gurney when he came to town, and, and um, it was freezing cold in Dunedin, it was June, and, and I was one of only a couple of people that sort of took the time to bring my kayak, and it was freezing cold. But anyway, he said, get in there, and, and you know, at the end of that, he said, you can achieve the coast to coast. And for me, that, uh, gee was that meant a lot, you know, and to mm. hear that, him and then um yeah it was it was just epic experience yeah cool and there's some, some nice wee i guess tidbits in there around sort of the the goal setting and the motivation uh and the mindset i guess um and in the, in the last few episodes of the podcast we've been delving into some of that sort of goal setting yeah. uh, mindset work so that's actually really cool uh that you had this 20-year kind of dream that you're able to bring to fruition um yeah and actually get yeah, that's right. It was a 20-year dream, I suppose, and I, I think I only ever thought of it as a dream. But I guess, uh, you know, uh, um, what's the saying? Uh, a goal that's not written down is, is only a dream. And I think that's what I had. And when I actually took the time to write it down and wrote down, you know, February 2018, two-day coast-to-coast, boom, mm-hmm. I started to put some stuff in place and I started to believe that I could achieve it. And um, that's when I reached out and I supported, I got some really cool support people around me and Maddie was one of those and um, and uh, just went on from there, man, yeah. Yeah, perfect. And you've also, it was this year, wasn't it, you did the Ironman in yep, the Topol? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I was really yeah. fortunate um, on the back of completing that coast to coast, and and I seen an opportunity to apply for the Tony Jackson Scholarship, which is to recognise a, a, a pretty awesome man and Ironman Tony Jackson, who 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 had he was an athlete in his own right and and achieved quite a number of um, Ironman, and then he um, got diagnosed with terminal brain cancer and and came back even during his um, treatment and then post his recovery. And completed another, you know, six Ironman. It was just an incredible guy, and um, I was really privileged to be given the opportunity of a Tony Jackson scholarship. So, 2019, when he gave the uh, Taupo Ironman a crack, and uh, I mean, yeah, she was she was a long day at the office, but it was a pretty awesome experience as well. Yeah, that must be quite unique, I guess, going from one year coast to coast uh, to the Ironman. And I guess I know what you're planning for the the next sort of six to eight yeah. months with be another coast to coast. Yeah, that's right, man, yeah, and, and they're quite different, you know, but they kind of complement each other as well, and um, I think there's just really awesome people in, in both spaces as well, And the, but they're quite different people, and yep. in terms of, the, you know, your multi-sporters and then your triathletes, they're, they're different people, um, but the biggest thing is, is that everybody's willing to help you, um, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah, and I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit, what do you think is harder, coast-to-coast or an Ironman? 
Yeah, well, I only did the two-day coast-to-coast, right? So um, I had the opportunity to have a bit of sleep and and recharge. Um, I think because I'm, like I say, genuinely, I'm not an athlete. I'm definitely not a runner. Um, That run for the coast was really, really hard for me. And um, I remember saying at the end of it, look, they said I'm not going to do that again. I'm pretty stoked about that. Um, But then, yeah, looking forward, I'm going to give another crack. So it can't have been too bad. Um, yeah, I think probably the coast physically because of the environment that you're, you're, rush, you're, you're racing yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're in a unique situation too, coming out of a surf background where you're pretty comfortable swimming and comfortable kayaking, which tend to be the two hardest legs for, for the Ironman and the coast-to-coast for multi-sport athletes coming in or a triathlete coming in. Yeah, 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 that's right. And, um, no, I mean, they're both really different uh, amazing experiences man you know like they really are and like i say the people kind of make those things yeah yeah totally okay and when you're not not spending all your time training uh and hanging out with your family what's what's your sort of day-to-day work life look like yeah so i um i work for st john's paramedic and that's kind of got that's how i got involved in this mental health space really because uh, in Dunedin, we would go to, say, 10 to 12 jobs in a day, say 12 hour shifts, and about a third of them, say three to four of each job that we go to, and it's been increasing in the sort of 17 years that I've been a paramedic, is um, people having a, a shitty time of things with their mental health, whether that's suicide, um, suicidal thoughts, um, depression or anxiety, um, or people turning to alcohol and or drugs as a way to cope. And, and that's like, People like you and I, man, you know, like um, everyday people having a, a really tough time with things. And it was on the back of um, going to a couple of um, people who had taken their own life on a night shift. And I was riding the next day and I thought, man, I've got to back up the bus on this. And maybe there's an opportunity here to get involved in some space. And that's when I reached out uh, and got involved in, in um, some preventative proactive space around raising the awareness positively around mental health and and just normalizing it really just in everyday conversations and uh hey if i wasn't doing that it wouldn't be yarning to you right oh exactly exactly um and we'll, we'll flow on from that in just a minute but do you think i guess in your professional area that this has increased the the, the cases of, of people struggling have increased yeah absolutely yeah yeah absolutely and and it's not it's not one specific um, segment of the community. It's anybody and everybody has has a connection with mental health, and we all know somebody that potentially has taken their own life to suicide, and um, and that's really that's really tough for for everybody. And um, and you're just normalising it, taking away that stigma is is kind of what my goal is. And and obviously in the ambulance space, uh, I can only do so so much. And and whatever's happened's already happened. I can try and support the person for that duration of the time I'm with them. But um, this opportunity kind of gets involved in a preventative or backing up the ambulance as such. You know, it's a real cool, uh, real cool space to be in. Yeah, totally. And so so this is the the I Am Hope Foundation that you're a part of. Is that yeah? That's correct. Yeah, that's and right. So, Give us a wee bit of a, a background as to what that's all about for those that aren't familiar with it. Yeah, for sure. So I am hope effectively is um, it was Mike King's organisation, and um, he set that back up in um, about uh, ten years ago. And he had he, it was called the Nutters Club, and um, he got involved and in, invited into a number of schools, and and then 
calling it the Nutters Club obviously wasn't so politically correct, <laughs> so he changed the name to the Key to Life Charitable Trust, which is still the overarching trust, uh, but our key message is I Am Hope, which is raising awareness positively of mental health, that we all have it. It's just a matter of um, normalising mental health, and um, a lot of Mike's work is um, involved in going into schools, visiting schools uh, and community talks, uh, but also workplaces now. A lot of workplaces are really tapping into getting Mike in. And, and my uh, opportunity as an ambassador just as quietly raise awareness down here in, in the Lower South. Um, Mike's coming down in September, so I'm just organising some schools to go and visit. And um, and I'm also going and, and visiting some schools occasionally as well and, and also community talks. Just this week, actually, we've got a community talk up in Wanaka, uh, which is really cool, part of Open Minds. Uh, which is, um, the, uh, there's a young fella up there who I went to school with actually and he's bringing together all the different providers of mental health providers in central Otago and um, an opportunity for, for guys to talk to each other and listen to, hear what the services are available out there and I've got the privilege to go and have a chat about what I Am Hope's all about. Mm, fantastic. And just because we do have a, a selection of listeners to the podcast that are outside of New Zealand. Yeah. And so they might not have not might not be familiar with Mike King's journey. Um, just want to give a quick wee rundown on on his journey and how he became tied into that for the people that might want to look into him. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, so Mike is uh, you know whether you like him or loathe him, his words. Um, he he was a um, he was a successful comedian. Um, he was what he describes as a typical Kiwi comedian. So he was at times he was racist, he was sexist, and he was pretty abrupt. Um, and he took the piss out of people. And um, during that time, people perceived him to be a really successful person. But behind that mask, effectively, behind a stage mask, he was um, battling with uh, depression and he was battling with his um, alcohol and drug addiction. Um, so when he kind of hit rock bottom... Um, in the early sort of mid 2000s, he um, basically decided, "Hey, look, I need to do something about this. This is no good." And he reached out and and sought some professional support, and and then that's kind of where the journey started of kind of easing back that comedian stuff because he didn't actually uh, think that was making the change of people's life, and that's when he started to share his life experience uh, by going and telling young people. And the point of difference between what Mike does and a lot of other people does. Or do he goes and explains to young people that we as adults make mistakes and we've made mistakes and often that's a struggle that we as adults tend to do with young people you know if you think about or me with I've got a couple of little fellas and you know if you kind of share that you've made a mistake on the day then you probably feel like you're letting them down but in fact actually you're just permissionizing making mistakes is okay because that's about learning and development and and changing and bettering the person that you are, who who you were yesterday. Yeah, that's that's cool. And I've heard Mike um, when I was growing up. Mike was on TV all the time doing his comedian stuff, and then have since heard him with some of his talks. And I'm fortunate enough to be going to a conference in a, a month or so's time where he's going to be presenting. Yeah, and awesome. it's it's amazing the sort of that transformation in the in the way he is presenting. And obviously, he's presenting about a completely different topic now, but he's still got that really authentic kind of genuine approach um, That's right. and I think it's it's a very Kiwi approach too um, and I think it's striking a, a, an accord especially with a lot of young people who like you said he's up there and he's just kind of giving them the, the honest truth um, and he's putting his hand up and saying you know look we, yeah we stuffed up um, or we, right. we've done this and um, and it's okay to stuff up but it's how you manage that I guess flow on from there. 
Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And so your role within that being a, an ambassador, um, so you're, you're doing some talking in schools and, and sort of getting some community events involved, do you kind of link in some of the, the physical activity that you like to do with the I Am Hope side of things? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's kind of where I got involved was after that, that night of going to a couple of people took their life and I was starting to do some bike events, just little ones down here, mountain bike events, and i seen these people wearing these cool lycra tops, you know, and I was getting to that age, I thought I should get into one of these things. But I didn't want just a, a normal one, you know, I wanted one that I could kind of share a positive message and, and that's where it just, it just ticked every box for me, you know, in terms of raising awareness positively by doing positive stuff, exercise, and, and the benefit that riding for me at that time, mountain biking, was was um, becoming a real cool part and or managing my own sort of work-life stress that, you know, just everyday stress, nothing specific, uh, things that I was seeing, hearing, doing at work, and then I was, when I was riding, I was kind of processing those things, and then you're better off in your day-to-day life, you know, family life or whatever, and that's kind of how that, that connected. And now... Kind of like I say, I never, never believed that I could possibly ever do the coast to coast, let alone a bloody Ironman like Cripes. And um, just sharing those through my talks and hopefully just kind of raising awareness that, um, yeah, set some cool goals and just chase them, you know. Um, and sometimes they might be just a bit high, but if you don't work hard for them, you're never going to know whether you can achieve them or not. And um, that's, yeah, it, it's, it's a pretty cool place to be. Yeah. It is, and it's, I guess it's such a interesting space. There's a lot more research and, and noise out there now around how physical activity is, is really good for our mental health and, and being out there in uh, sort of nature, so to speak. Uh, yeah, that's I right. start to see a few sort of almost clinical trials come through lately of the, the benefits of being in nature. It's sort of really the first time they've actually been able to quantify the effect of, of a nature space or green spaces on our mental health. Yeah. Um, but... I do also see that there's been a bit of a flip side, you know, sort of especially in endurance sport, and, and Milan brought up some of that a few weeks back, where the, the drive to always be achieving something better and, uh, you know, beating this person and achieving this time and spending hours and hours away from your friends and family because you're so driven by a goal can actually be counterproductive for our mental health. Yeah, that's that's a really, really good point, absolutely. And, and I know that myself, you know, more so probably training for the... Iron Man, where it's doing kind of longer sessions, you you do you do pull back from that connection with your family and your friends, or more so your your friends, I think. Um, and but I'm kind of fortunate working shift work. I'll kind of maximise my days off during the week when my boys are at school to get longer training sessions. That's kind of how I manage that for myself, so mm. it doesn't impact significantly on uh, that kind of family life uh, balance. Um, but yeah, absolutely, it's. Um, it is a challenge for people, and I think it's something that we should be really, really mindful of, uh, potentially withdrawing from your friends to achieve a goal that's going to benefit you. But I also seen a really cool quote the other day, you know, taking some time out for yourself, going biking, going running, going walking, whatever it is, some physical activity, you should never really apologise for that because actually that's just about managing your own well-being and you should actually yeah, endorse that and, and and take it on board. Yeah, yeah, no, I t- totally agree with that. and. I think it's a, it's a good sort of uh, reminder for, for people, I guess, too, and especially males because we're probably the worst at it in terms of su- surrounding ourselves with a wee bit of a support network of our friends potentially that are doing, you know, same sort of activities as us, but just going out for a, a casual bike ride, run, swim, kayak, uh, whatever you're doing, 
and just talking at the same time as opposed to it always having to be a beat each other up and you know you can't relax and have a beer at the end or a bowl of chips but just just going out there and having a bit of fun um, that's right. enjoying your sports together yeah and, that's right of, and chatting that way yeah that's right and i think you know when you go on to get involved in some of these activities you it's just another stage of your life so you connect with some different people some new people mm. and and that's not right or wrong. It's just, you know, we should just uh, embrace it. And, you know, like, yeah, you'll, you'll come across some mates or you'll form some new friendships of people who are in this space that you kind of get on well with. And like you say, you should just get out and buy, uh, get out and go for a ride. And I think that's where mountain biking is really cool because you can continue mm-hmm. to have a good workout, but you can have a socialisation. You can have a yarn to your mate, you know, ride for a part, stop, have a pause, take in the, the nature, but also have a yarn to your, your buddy is, is pretty key. Yeah, totally. And I've often thought that about mountain biking, especially in the last sort of year since I've progressed quite heavily into just solely mountain biking, that when you're you know, you're flying downhill through the forest or on a track and you're so involved in not falling off or not hitting a tree that you just don't think about anything else. Yeah. You know, it might only be a couple of minutes of a downhill run or, or whatever it is, but you get to the bottom and you think, man, I, that was just awesome. You're kind of buzzing and you haven't really thought about anything else. You've kind of forgotten about the work for the day and, and whatever it might be. Uh, and it's a really different feeling than when you go out on a road bike, let's say, and you're kind of dodging cars and you have to stop at a traffic light. You're getting frustrated because someone's tooting at you. Yeah. Uh, and actually, yeah, removing yourself from those stressful sort of environments to do your training in uh, yeah, yeah. can be really beneficial. And I think trail running uh, ticks that box mm. as you know, because if you don't kind of concentrate or focus on what you're doing, then you're probably going to end up on your face. And, yeah, um, yeah so that kind of keeps you tuned into the near then and now. Um, and uh, and that's why all you, all you say utilise mindfulness as well as a as a yeah. cool way to kind of manage that, um, yeah, your life sort of challenges as well. Yeah. So that kind of leads on to something I wanted to ask you around. Obviously, your job is quite physically, or sorry, mentally demanding. And also, you know, you're involved in a lot of conversations with people through the I Am Hope side of things that can be quite mentally challenging. Yeah. So how, do, how do you as a person then kind of, I guess, remove yourself from that and look after your own mental health so you're not bringing that home to your family? Yeah, um, well, that's a good question. Uh, well, through through work, we have some really good support systems in place, you know, yeah. uh, obviously collegial support, so the people that I'm working day to day to day with, um, but also we can seek professional assistance if we require it, um, as in going to a counsellor or psychologist. Um, and, I mean, just enjoying the, the the family life that I have, you know, like I've got two amazing little kids or boys and who love mountain biking, my wife, and, and we get and just love getting out there and about, you know, we're up in Central last weekend for school holidays and just, just doing cool stuff, you know, everyday Kiwi stuff. And uh, I think, yeah, just appreciating what I've got is, is pretty key and, and I think that kind of just uh, naturally absorb some of that stuff. But, yeah, going out for a run or a ride um, is a good way to process that kind of um, that work stuff that I, I might have going on as well. Yeah, no, certainly. And I guess there's, uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of uh, apps and, and tools, you know, even things like yoga and, and Headspace, those kind of mindfulness techniques. Um, are they things that you personally utilise in your sort of day-to-day life? Uh, not so much my day-to-day life, but when I'm doing events and things, I had the opportunity or privilege to catch up with Natalie Fraser, who's uh, a mind skills coach in Dunedin, and um, she talked to me about mindfulness before I did the contact epic, actually, because I kind of thought, what is 
for me, eight hours looked like riding on your bike. You know, I was going to get a sore butt. I knew that. But what was my headspace going to look like? What was I going to think about? And um, and I didn't really kind of know, you know, because when I was out on some of these training rides, I was talking to the birds or talking to the <laughs> the um, the cows over the fence. <laughs> kind of, you think, you know, are you, are you all tacky de boo, you know, or not? But she talked to me about mindfulness, and, and that's a really cool skill that I utilise when I'm doing events now is mm. um, what is what is Scott look good like when he's um or does he yeah what does he look like when he's is enjoying his riding or enjoying his running or his kayaking you know it's good posture and it's you know making sure i've got nutrition right and my um hydration's all good you know and and uh, one of the things that i always love doing is just acknowledging the officials um on any of the events you know the majority of them are volunteers so just smiling and thanking them is for me it's a it's it's um, acknowledging them, but it's also a buzz for me as well because often you're getting that acknowledgement back. Yeah, totally. And I think that last point, it's a really cool feature of events. You know, we, we are lucky enough to have a, a whole heap of volunteers across the country and the world who, who give up their time to make these events possible. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the simple thanks as you write, you know, it doesn't slow you down whatsoever. You know, it doesn't take you out of your, your zone or whatever power heart rate you're looking at. Um, but it means a little bit more to them and it can help keep you in a positive mindset as well because you've smiled a little bit, you've, you've waved and said thank you. And yeah. it, it always irks me so much when people don't do it in, in a race or, you know, they'll fly past you and they'll kind of, you know, always breathe, you know, sort of snot on you as opposed to saying yeah. hello or giving you a little wave as you go past. Yeah, sure. Um, but I guess uh, sort of moving on from that then, with athletes ourselves, what can we be looking out for in our, in our friends and our mates, um, whether they be involved in sport or not, um, or even some of our friends and family as to how, how to look after or when they're in trouble and when they might be looking for, for some support, but they're not prepared to put up their hand and say it? Yeah, cool. Um, well, we at Iron Hope, we don't talk about any specific signs or symptoms, really, because um, often those signs or symptoms of people having a shitty time is um, it could be mistaken for the flu, you know? And uh, especially now, at this time of the year, you know, it might feel a bit down or they're not sleeping or they're not eating or whatever. Well, I mean, those could be, you know, it could be a medical thing going on, going on for them. Um, the one thing that we do say is if a person or a friend or a family member or a work colleague hasn't come and talked to you for the last couple of years and said, hey, look, can, can I have some time, can I have some of your time to sit down and have a chat? And um, then you've probably got to reflect back on your own self uh, because you've probably missed that opportunity. So for us, just checking in with our friends all the time or on a regular basis is kind of what we encourage. Um, uh, not just the, the the not so good times, but the good times as well. And um, yeah, making making time for a cup of tea or a coffee or a, or a beer um, is something that, as you say, blokes we don't typically do that well. And um, I think we need to um, sort of take a step back and do that a bit more often. If you haven't seen one of your buddies for a, uh, you know, a reasonable period of time, catch up with them. Don't worry about texting them. Say, can we catch up? Just rock around to the house, I reckon, and um, that way you. You're taking those excuses that we could potentially come up with and, and you just rock up and you might only be five minutes, but um, that's sometimes all you need to touch, touch base with somebody and potentially check in with uh, having, uh, they're all good or potentially they might need extra support. Yeah, cool. I think, like you said, I mean, it's really important for, for males especially, not that it's not for females, but we are probably less prone to, to putting up our hand and, and calling on our mates for support. Uh, versus, I guess, females who are potentially more likely to um, sort of open up to one of their, their close friends 
Um, that, and that's a very rash generalisation, but it's certainly from what I see in, in, in my circles and, and so forth that the males aren't likely to say, hey, I need some, some help and support. Can I come for a cup of tea? Um, that's right. Be the one inviting them over or, like you said, going around to the house and saying, what's up? Yeah, that's right. And I think it's fair to say, you know, women typically are better communicators than blokes um, in terms of communication is, you know, listening as well as the talking side of things. Mm. Um, so they often, uh, ladies will often make time to catch up with their friends a bit more than what blokes do as well. And I think that's a good thing, you know. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. And is there anything, and I know there's, there's kind of two levels. There's, I guess, being mindfulness in terms of just looking after your mental health on a day-to-day basis. And then there's sort of seeking support and and almost that kind of counselling um, support from a mental health point of view. If we just go back to kind of that mindfulness level to start with, are there any sort of tips and tricks you can share with people that are just good things to be looking for on a, or looking after on a daily basis or doing on a daily, weekly basis just to keep yeah. things healthy? Yeah, I think it's uh, a work-life balance. Um, enjoying the positive people that you have around you. And, you know, if, if you don't have positive people, then we need to start looking for those positive people to immerse ourselves with. And, you know, I think they, you don't, you don't need to hang around with no-sayers, you know, or naysayers. Um, hang around with people that say that, that you can do stuff and that they want to help you succeed and achieve in, in life, really, whether that's a, a cool adventure sport goal or, or just your work goal or just generally in life. Um, so immerse yourself with positive people is a key, um, and then having just a good, um, a good healthy eating diet, um, and that you know no specific diet other than just healthy food, um, and that might it might mean a, a feed of fish and chips every so often too, you know, um, and um, and trying to get a, a decent amount of sleep. I reckon you know those those are the three keys for me, um, and just appreciate the people that have around you. Yeah. That, that's cool. That that appreciation thing's massive, isn't it? Appreciating those around you because it can so easily become a negative group of people around you if, if you let it. Um, and if you if you're seeking out negative people to to make yourself feel okay about being down, then it's easier to find them as well. Yeah, that's right. And I like that too in terms of finding that balance. And we we often talk about on the podcast, you know, we're pushing nutritional topics and and training. You got to stick in this zone and and so forth. But just go out and have some fun, you know, go play a game of tennis or basketball or something if you haven't done so for a very long time. And like I said, yeah, go have some fish and chips or go to the movies and get a lot of popcorn and ice cream and a large drink um, and just relax a little bit um, because you, really the only one that can take the, the pressure off your own throat is yourself. That's right. And it's just balance, isn't it? You know, it's not it doing is, all yeah. those things all the time. It's just, just yep. a bit of balance, yeah. Yeah, totally. That's cool. And then I guess from the sort of that next tier down and, and more of the, the actual mental health where the, the red flags are coming up. Um, what are some, some sort of, I guess, tips and tricks or, or support services that people can reach out for in that respect? Uh, well, I think uh, people, uh, we, we're talking about mental health a whole lot more, you know, which is really cool. So we're a lot more aware of it. You know, if people generally are, are, are looking a bit down or, you know, they're withdrawing from events or activities that you know that they would do on a regular basis, if they're missing work on a regular basis, all those kind of things, then we should be connecting with them and checking in that they're okay. Um, and if they're kind of pushing you away, then you probably need to think a bit more creatively. And like I say, rather than texting, just pop around and catch up with them face-to-face. There's some really cool support systems in place now, and 1737 is a really cool system. So it's either text or phone at any time of the day, uh, day or night, uh, and there's a trained counsellor at the end of the phone. Um, so you can have a chat to them, uh, or you can text if, uh, if that face, or that sort of, um, 
phone call is a bit awkward for you. Um, so that's really cool. As well as you know the other lines like Youth Line and uh, Lifeline, um, those are really really great as well. Um, if there's any immediate sort of concern uh, for a friend or family member, um, then uh, ringing the police is, is probably your, your best angle, and they can initiate support in the right way. Yeah, cool. And so that was one three seven, was it? Uh, one seven three seven. One seven one seven three seven. Okay, that's, that's cool. And it's probably yeah. worth pointing out to our overseas folk that that is a New Zealand text or phone service, uh, but there's bound to be an equivalent um, in Australia and the US and so forth. Um, so, so jump online and have a look up what that, that might be. Um, that's that's year. right. And and the other cool thing, obviously, I am hope led uh, this year was the Gumboot Day, which was on fifth mm. of April. Um, and the sole focus on that was raising funds and awareness uh, around mental health and normalising it, but also raising funds in which we raised one point five million dollars through New Zealand, and. Um, and that's around providing professional counselling to our young people. Uh, so just taking away those potential um, um, things that are going to get in the way, you know. And mm. uh, so if any young person's having a struggle getting counselling, um, going along and organising uh, through the Gumboot Day, um, all you basically do is catch up with the counsellor and then they'll then invoice um, the fund directly. And uh, free counselling's got to be a good thing. Oh, totally. And, you know, we, we provide free medical care and free dental for, for the younger people in New Zealand. So it's just, I mean, it's fair and it's the, the right thing to be offering as a free mental health service as well. Absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. So what's what's next on the calendar for you? Obviously, we've talked about a little bit about the coast, but that's coming up in February. That's right, yeah. Uh, I was 198 days away. Um, <laughs> so that's pretty exciting. You're going to give the one-day coast-to-coast a crack uh, this year. Okay. And it's going to be a hell of an achievement, you know, or a hell of a, hell of a, um, a task. Um, I'm going to just uh, put in each of the each of the different sections into some time and now and just trying to make make sure I can get to each of those those time cutoffs. Um, that'll be the key for me, um, particularly over that run. Um, so all my training right at the moment is just focusing on my running. Just been for a run this morning. Um, and a couple of events leading up to that is the Dineen Marathon. Cool. So it's on the 1st of September, which doubles as my 40th birthday, so it kind of seemed the right thing to do for your 40th birthday going to a marathon. And um, I guess one of the reasons I wanted to do that was, um, I guess like anybody that does an Ironman, um, I didn't manage to run the whole thing, uh, run the whole marathon. And I kind of want to see what, or want to feel like, want to see what it feels like to run a full marathon. And uh, I thought I'd give that a crack there on the 1st of September. And then uh, my wife and I are taking the kids down uh, in October to uh, Stewart Island. And we're going to both do the Rakura Challenge, which is the 30, well, the number keeps changing between 32 <laughs> to 38, actually, uh, different uh, venues you look at. Um, yep. So the trail runner on the Rakura track. So that'll be really cool, cool. first weekend of uh, October. And then a couple of training weekends up at Arthur's Pass before, yeah, the, um, I think it's the 8th of February. We'll give that uh, one day coast-to-coast a crack. Nice. Sounds like it's going to roll around fairly quickly with a few of those weekends taken out, and then all of a sudden you'll be in at Christmas time and ready to rock and roll. Business end of the thing, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and if people want to follow along your journey, can they can they reach out through through social media? That's yeah. right. Yeah, I've got a um, ambassador page for the Kid Life Journal Trust, so I think cool. it's just Scott Weatherill Kid Life Ambassador, or I, I am Hope Ambassador, um, okay. and uh, yeah, just. 
follow on there. That's uh, that's right. I sort of sharing the journey as well as um, just some thoughts and tidbits along the way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's no, and for for people to jump on there. That's Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah. That is. It's quite a very cool page to have a look at. Um, always interested in seeing what you're up to and where you uh, where you're doing your training and your and your events with the family. Cool, man. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks. Thanks for your time, Scott. It's really appreciated. Um, and if people have have questions from this, we can we can pass them through to Scott, um, or we can we can link you through to services if you have any uh, sort of pressing concerns around your own mental health or your or your friend's mental health. Absolutely, Nick. Yeah, thanks very much for the opportunity, man. Uh, to yourself and Maddie, I think you're doing awesome, uh, awesome work out there, and uh, you're enabling a whole lot of people to achieve some pretty cool things. So appreciate your help, boys. Cool. Thanks, mate. Cheers, man. Mate, thanks for listening. If you would like to support this podcast and see it continue into the future, you can do so in a number of ways. Firstly, make sure you subscribe to this channel on whatever platform you are listening. Like and share the podcast on social media to help spread the word. If you're feeling really generous, head over and leave a review and a rating over on iTunes. This helps spread the word and develop the podcast. All of this will help the podcast continue long into the future so we can keep bringing you the information you need to train hard, but most importantly, train smart. We'll talk to you next week.